serve a God that just say, just jam with me sometime. Don't be so deep, just jam with me sometime. Woo. I think we got it. I, I think we, I think we, how y'all feeling? Y'all think we made it? Okay, we made it. Okay, thank you, praise team. Woo, that's good to me. Thank you, band. If y'all did not know, we got the baddest band in the city. We got the baddest praise team in the city. Oh my gosh. And when, they, when the Holy Spirit say, just let them go. We just got to get out the way and let them go. I pray, I pray that your heart is lifted. I pray that you felt that. I pray that something broke while we were in the middle of that. Because we worship God, y'all. We praise him. Y'all just got to witness some praise happening right there. And so we're going to get a word in. Because I do believe that God wants me to share this. I'm listening carefully to see um, if he wants me to shift. But I think we just need to get that out. We just need to get that out. Sometimes you just need to go ahead and let go. Uh, Pastor Darian prayed that in our pre-service prayer. And that it just, just break out, Holy Spirit. Just, just do whatever you want. And so I'm still expecting that breakout. Wherever it happens, I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to leave it alone if the breakout happens. But I do believe at this time that there is a word for some of you that you need to hear uh, from God. I can see, by the way, that some of you remain sitting. And when we can declare that, didn't he do it? Didn't he do it? He did it. It doesn't mean that he's through doing it, but didn't he do it? And some of y'all was stone-faced. You're in a place. And so this, this, this part going to be for you. If that wasn't part, wasn't for you, this part, this part will be for you. And so uh, y'all just remain seated um, so that you can hear uh, the word that God has for us um, on this afternoon. I thank you for being here. All of our visitors, welcome. Everybody that is on, um, on social media, thank you. Um, if you want to be an evangelist on today, uh, take out your phone and share this live feed with somebody. Not because we need a number, but because we need a soul. And so uh, share it. We're at New Antioch Christian Fellowship at Aliante. If you are online, tag somebody in this. Do it now um, because somebody needs to hear this. Um, and so I'll read this. I'll give y'all a moment. Y'all done? Y'all did? Did y'all do it? I only see a couple people with their phones out. Thank you for those who are being obedient. Thank you for being an evangelist and going after a soul on this afternoon. Uh, we're going to start right here in John 14, 1. And then we're going to go down to uh, 6a, and I'll read that for you until you're hearing. And it says, do not let your heart be troubled, afraid, cowardly. Believe confidently in God and trust in him. Have faith. Hold on to it. Rely on it. Keep going and believe also in me. Jesus said to him, I am the only way to God. I am the real truth. I am the real life. That is John 14, 1 and 6 in the Amplified Version. And so as we get closer to, to Christmas and all of our, our television programs are, are starting to come on, I love to see the classics and I still watch them. I still watch uh, Charlie Brown and the Peanut, uh, Peanut Gang Christmas. I still watch it. 
I still watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Whether my grandson is there or not, I still watch it. I still watch Frosty the Snowman because these are all uh, classics um, for this season and for this time. And, and some of the more recent ones that I still watch is A Christmas Story. I still watch it. It plays all day on Christmas. I like to watch this Christmas this time of year. Best Man Holiday is, is making some gains. And then I still will sit down, Victoria, and watch those Hallmark and, and Lifetime movies. They corny, but we watch them, y'all. They make us feel warm and fuzzy. They make us feel like we're in season. But there's one classic that I rather enjoy that caught me by surprise. I, I didn't think I would like it. It was actually gifted to me a long time ago. And I'm like, uh, I'm not watching that. That's not my type of a movie. But this one caught me by surprise. And as a matter of fact, it ranks on most top movie lists. It is in the top 11 or the top 15 on those lists, this movie. It came out in 1946. And it stars James Stewart as George Bailey. Let's uh, see some of y'all, y'all don't, y'all ain't with me yet? I know. I, I checked around and some of the people just like me was like, James Stewart, 1946, a town called Bedford Falls. What is this movie? It's a black and white movie, y'all, and it takes place on Christmas Eve. It holds so many truths and, and so many life lessons that I wanted to talk to us about it today, and it is called It's a Wonderful Life. It's a wonderful life. I can tell y'all ain't with me. Marias is like, I don't, I don't know, sis. I don't know if I got you. But it's a wonderful, thank you. Who, who's seen this? A wonder? Okay, I got a little help in him. But for those of you, y'all still on Frosty and, you know, and all of them stuff, I, I, I'm with you on that. But I want to talk about it's a wonderful life on this afternoon. I want to tell you about George Bailey. He was the, the main character in, in It's a Wonderful Life. And he lived in, in Bedford Falls. It was a, a small town, a very small community. Uh, George Bailey was born there, he and his brother, and he couldn't wait to get out of there. His only thought from when the movie starts as a young man is that I'm getting out of this town. They owned a family business. It was Bailey Building and Loan Company that his family helped fund and give loans for the houses for the people in this small uh, community. His father was sure that he was going to leave the business to George, but George said, no, Dad, leave it to the brother because I'm getting out of here. I don't, I don't want to live here anymore. He wanted to see the world. He said the world has to be bigger than this little town. And so he told his dad, no, I'm out. He said, you know what the most exciting sounds are in the world? That's what he told his dad. He said, anchor chains, plane motors, and train whistles. Anchor chains meant the ship is leaving the harbor. Plane motors meant the plane is getting ready to take off. I am out of here. Train whistles meant I am going somewhere. He said, those are the most exciting sounds in the world. I'm out of here, Dad. He had waited. He had saved up his money. And now was the time for George Bailey to leave. His, his uncles were going to run the business. Um, he said, I'm out. Dad was still in place. And just as he was getting ready to leave, he had his opportunity. He waited his whole life for this. 
his father died. But he still had hope. Because his little brother was still in town. He was like, no, I'm still out of here. I'm on the go. And then his brother got sent off into the war. So now there's nobody but George and his mama. And the only one person left to run the business is George. He had to put his dreams on hold. He could not get out of, of this town. And so he settled in. He settled down. He, he found a girl to marry. He found Mary. And him and Mary, you know, they got married. And, and they were just on their way out of town. They had collected up enough gifts to go on a honeymoon. And as the car was pulling out of the city, there was a commotion at the bank, at his company. And they come running, George, you got to come, you got to come. And so now everybody who had money in the bank, they're like, no, nah, we getting our money out of here. Why? Because there was an evil man in town. And he had stirred up some dissension. He had stirred up trouble uh, for George. And so the money that he and his wife had for their honeymoon, they had to pay it out to the people who were saying, we pulling our money out of this bank. So again, George Bailey was stuck in this town. He just, he just wanted to get out. That was his only dream. I want to get out of here. And once again, he was not able to do that. It got worse with this evil man in town. He and his wife went on to live their life. They have four children, and he's trying to run this company while bitterness is so setting up in his heart. Because this is never what I wanted to do. This was never my dream. I didn't want to be in this town. And why is everybody else leaving? But I'm still stuck here. But he was living, and him and his wife were growing their family, but he was bitter. And that evil man that was trying to run him out of business was getting even worse. He had come up with a plan to get, to get George arrested, to throw him in jail. The business was tanking. And he was trying to look for help. Despair set in for George Bailey. And so we find George standing on a bridge. He couldn't take no more. He said, you know what? I wish I was never born. And as a matter of fact, I'm just going to dive off here into the ocean. I, I just won't live anymore. And so in his anguish, in his despair, he went to jump off, off of this bridge. And I know what you're saying. Wait a minute, Pastor Sharonda. <laughs> Is the title of this movie, It's a Wonderful Life? Is this your, your favorite movie? This movie ranks up there in the top 15 of all time movies. What, what kind of movie is this? I tell you it's my favorite movie because I know how the story ends. I know how this story ends. But I want to talk to us for a moment because many of us have found ourselves in the same place as George Bailey. You may not be in Bedford Falls. But you are trying to get out of something. Some of you are standing on a bridge ready to jump off into something. And it may not be the ocean, but you're there. Despair and failure and disappointment has caused you to walk to the edge of something. That you're about ready to leap off into. It's a whole bunch of George Bailey's in this room. 
I've been in George Bailey's shoes before. Well, I, I, I just need to get out of something. You don't need to get out of uh, a Bedford Falls, but you need to get out of that lifestyle that you live in. Some of you are like, I got to get out of this job. I got to get out of this marriage. I got to get out of this disappointment. God, why does it seem like I can't get out of here? I want out of this place. We've all found ourselves there, standing on the edge, looking at the water, wishing a I wish I had never been born, ready to take the leap. What are you ready to jump off into? Because you may not be standing on the, on the bridge ready to jump in the ocean and end it all, but you're standing on the edge of something. Are you standing on the edge of that extramarital affair? Ready to jump in. Where are you standing? Are you standing over, I can just go back to drinking. I can just go back to smoking. I can just go back to gambling. What are you standing on? On the edge of. Why am I trying to live this lifestyle? Why am I trying to remain holy? Why am I trying to stay with Jesus? I could just jump over here. Go back into the world. Go back into what I used to do. What I was good at. We're on the edge. But I want to talk about it's a wonderful life on this, on this afternoon. I want us to understand where, where George was standing. Why George would say, it would be better if I were never born. But as he was in his anguish, as he stood there ready to jump, one day when he was sitting in a bar, he said a prayer. And he said, dear father in heaven, I'm not a praying man, but if you're up there, you can hear me. Show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope. Show me the way, God. But somewhere in there, he prayed that prayer, but he still stays standing on that bridge ready to jump off. And I want us to find ourselves in this movie because all of us, most of us in here are believers or we say that we are believers and we prayed the prayer and we still standing on the edge. We asked God for help, but we didn't wait for the help. We said, you know what? I wish I was never born. This is a wonderful life. So in all that he was saying, God heard him. Just as he went to jump off into the water, an angel showed up to help him. The angel had him to help him out of the water. And so he's standing there. But what the angel did is he gave him a view of his life if he had never been born. I want us to take a look at this. Because this is where we find Jesus in the text. All month long, we are leveling up Jesus. We are getting better and better. We are increasing and improving our knowing, our understanding, and our relationship with Jesus. And this is where we find him in John 14, 1, 6. And it says, he's talking to his disciples and he says, because it's time for Jesus to leave. And he says, do not let your heart be troubled. Afraid or cowardly. Believe confidently in God and trust in him. 
Have faith. Hold on to it. Rely on it. Keep going and believe also in me. Believe also in Jesus. Jesus said to him, I am the only way. I'm the only way to God. I am the real truth and I am the, the real life. He said this because he was leaving and he, he wanted his disciples to be able to face the dark days. He wanted them to be able to carry on what he had given them so that they would be able to live out this life that they had lived with Jesus. He said that to them, but he's saying that to us. And so how do we make this? How do we, how do we level up Jesus? How do we come into this knowing? How do we come off of this bridge? How do we not dive in into a lifestyle? How do we accept this? I am born and I am born again. The first thing that we have to understand is that he is the way. He told his disciples, I am the way. I want you to understand the weight that the I am carries. He's reminding them that not only is he the son of man, not only is he the son of God, but that he is God. And he says that I am the way. I am the way that you're going to go. I'm the path. I'm the route. I'm the, I'm the road that you're going to take to get there. It's going to be in me. And so we have to level up, not taking every other road to try to get to where we are to live our life. We've been on so many roads and somebody is ready to jump off into another road right now. And I really want to talk to those of you. I really want to talk to those of you who are believers, who you're ready to get out of this town. You're not ready to get out of Bedford Falls. You're ready to get out of the kingdom. You're ready to get away from God. Because your dreams aren't looking like you thought they would. Failures have mounted in your life. And so you're tempted to go back to hustling. You're tempted to go back to what you were doing. You're tired of trying to be celibate. You're trying to go back to what you were doing. But Jesus is telling them, we have to level up that I am the way. I am the way that you are to go. He did not hide it from them. He told them that I am the only way. And so, y'all, we have to take it out of everything else. We didn't put the way in our jobs. We didn't put the way in our money. We didn't put the way in our spouses. We didn't put the way in our intellect and what we know how to do. But he's saying what you have to do is submit yourself to me. What are you saying to me, God? Which way are you leading me? Can you say that I'm going the way of Jesus? Can you say that's how I'm living my life? Even those of you who say I'm in the kingdom. Or have you pulled out? Have you pulled away? He's telling us I'm the way. Take my hand again. He's telling us I'm the way. No matter what you're feeling or what you're going through, take my hand. He's like a father with a little boy. They went off into the woods. They went fishing. But by the time it was time for them to come back, it's dark. The little boy can't see his way back to their cabin. And so he's standing there asking his dad, what's the way? Which way do I go? And the dad doesn't say, okay, go past this tree and then go four more steps and go up to the big oak and then do that. He just takes his hand and walks the little boy back. Some of us are waiting for God to tell you the way. He wants to be the way. He wants you to walk in him the way. 
He wants to be able to grab your hand and walk you to it. Stop acting like he got to give you the heads up on everything. He told you, I am the way. And so just take his hand. Some of you are, I'm independent and I can do it by myself. That's why you lost. That's why you're standing on the edge ready to jump off into something. But we have to level up knowing that he is the way. We also have to level up that he is the truth. He is the light. He is the revelation. It will give you understanding of how things really are. If you move in the truth, he said, I am the truth. So we have to level up the truth of Jesus, not what you think and not what you feel. Often we allow our feelings to take us. However we feel, that must be the truth. However we feel about that, about him, about this world, about the kingdom, that must be the truth. But if we allow him to take us, Jesus, show me. You'll be the truth in my life. He will light it up for you. But you're allowing other people to light your path. You're allowing other people to be the truth. I want to talk to some of us because we're being blown about. Every wind of doctrine, everything somebody says, that must be the truth. Black Israelite, oh, that must be the truth. Muslims, oh, oh, that must be the truth. Universalism, oh, that, that must be the truth. But because we're not grounded in the truth of Jesus, we're being blown about. It is my right to have the freedom to be whoever I want to be, to do whatever I want to do, to live however I want to live. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. But we say that because we want to do whatever we want. But he already told us I am the only way and I am the only truth. And so get somewhere to learn of him. Stop making it up, y'all. We're making this up. We're making this stuff up. And then when we get into a pickle, now we want to beg heaven down. But he told us to walk with him anyway. And so know that he is the truth. And the truth is for some of you who are standing in the place where George Bailey was standing, disappointed, full of despair, a failure, not understanding what happened, wishing that they were never born before the truth says. Nobody said this was going to be easy. That's what the truth says. We live on this planet Earth. There is going to be hardship. There is going to be death. There is going to be hard time. We live it in a fallen world, a fallen state, y'all. We were born into it like this. He didn't say that it was going to be smooth sailing for you. And I want us to stop being so selfish. And I had to learn this. He did it. He did it for me. I had to learn this because we lost our brother 2009. And many of the questions, my brother was 28 years old, killed in a car accident while on duty with Metro Police. And my question, I had questions of God. Why? The family was asking, why? Why him? He was doing good. He was a police. He was on duty. Why? Why did this happen to us? Why couldn't it be somebody else? And there was such a revelation that came. And it was a harsh revelation because God wanted to know, did you ever ask this question before? 
when it was their brother, when it was their son, when it was somebody younger than him. Did you ever ask that? But now you want to know why life's so hard. We're entitled to it, y'all. Let them, let all of them go through hardship, but not me. Let all of them feel failure, but not me. Let all of them experience death, but not me. That's not life on planet Earth. The truth, he did not hide it from us, nor his disciples. He reminds us that hard times would come, but there's also more truths. He said that I won't ever leave you, not even in the face of this hardship. And I love what Paul said. The truth is, we are hard-pressed on every side, y'all. It's hard out here. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. That's the truth. The truth is that he still has a plan for your life. The truth is that he will leave the 99 and come find you. The truth is he will pick you up out of that pit and clean you up. That's the truth. The truth is he does know you by now name and the truth is Jesus is still sitting at the right hand of the father uh, praying for you there is a truth do you want the truth can you handle the truth there is a truth uh, that he sent his only son to die for us that's the truth he didn't forget he is the only truth and so we have to level up the truth level up the way how you live and live in the way, live in him. You have to level up the truth. Don't be carried about by everything. Know what? Even in a hardship, even in a hard time, you have to be able to found, find a truth. In one of the hardest times in my life, my truth was, God said I would give you a measure of peace. And while I was going through the hardest time, and it was hard. And I felt all of it. I felt everything of it. And I cried and I broke down and I got up. But under that whole thing, there was like a current of peace running that wouldn't let me dive off into the ocean. It kept pushing me back into a safe place. That's the truth that he'll have you. So I'm not saying, George Bailey, sitting out here, that you shouldn't feel what you feel. I'm not saying that you're not going through a hard time right now because I'm sure that you are. But make sure that you're in the truth and that he did not leave you. He did not forsake you and that he is still with you. It doesn't matter what it looks like or what they said. So level up the way. Level up the truth. Level up the life. Level up the life. We're leveling up Jesus. Level up the life. How are you living? We are not the unbelievers. We are those who believe. And we don't only act like we know. We have to live like we know. Believe like we know. There are three Greek words uh, for life in the New Testament. One of them is a bios, which is the physical life. It's where we get biology. One of them is a suke, and it is the soul life. That's where we get psychology. And one of them is, is Zoe, and that is eternal life. Well, when you level up the life of Jesus, 
You're operating and have him operating in all three of those. There is nothing that is outside of him. And so your physical life, level it up. Level up your life in Jesus. How has he prescribed you to live? Your life. He is the life. The physical life. Your physical body. How you doing? How you living? Can you say that I've leveled up Jesus in my life? My physical man, how I take care of myself, how I operate in this body, have I leveled him up? And in my psychology, my, my, my suke, how is your spiritual, your mind, have you leveled it up? Is it operating in Jesus? Do you seek to know, do I have the mind of Christ? Am I thinking like him? Am I, am I operating like him? Have you accepted that he is the Zoe? He is the eternal life. There is life after this, y'all. There is something after this. And so we have to level up the life that we are living. Level up the life of Christ in us. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. We have to level it up. The angel that took George Bailey gave him a view. A view of his life if he had never been born. I don't know if you could imagine that. But there were things that would have never happened if George Bailey would have never been born. And so I want to talk to every George Bailey that's sitting out here and that has joined us on video broadcast. The George Bailey that's in me. There are things that will never happen if you had not been born. And in this moment, I'm not talking about born from your mama's belly. I'm talking about born into the kingdom, born into Christ. There is a place for us. There is a place in you accepting Christ into your life. How are you going to level him up if you don't have him, if you've never accepted him into your life? As soon as that angel took him back and, and everybody was like, well, this person never existed. And so I don't want you to say that your life, like you're still alive, but it's your born again life that I want you to think about. And he went back to uh, find his brother. But when they were kids, he was able to rescue his brother because he was drowning in a pool. But when he went back to look at his life, he found a headstone where his brother, with his brother's name on it, because he was never born. And so I ask you, in this wonderful life that we're living in, who won't make it? Because you won't live this life in leveling up Jesus. Whose headstone is going to be out there? Whether it be literally that somebody didn't make it or somebody didn't make it in the kingdom and so they died in the world. If you're not born again, if you don't learn how to walk this way, walk in the way and the truth and the life, if you're not leveling up Jesus, then what headstone? Are you going to walk past because you refused to come out of this? You refused. You're like, I'm out of this town. I'm ready to get up out of here. And I'm talking about the kingdom. Talking about those of you who know Christ. I'm out. I'm leaving this kingdom. I don't want to live this life. And y'all tipping in and y'all tipping out. And I'm here just a little bit. But I'm not here all of the way. What, what are you going to do? It's a wonderful life to be able to say, because I was born again of Christ, 
these headstones are not here. Because I was born again of Christ, these people's lives are better. Because I was brave enough to say, yes, I'll live this life. I didn't keep trying to run out of the kingdom. Every opportunity that I got, it's on us to do. This is a wonderful life. Because we get the opportunity to be about his business. This is weighty in here. But this is of Jesus. He said, level me up. And it's time for us to, it's time for us to stop tiptoeing around it. Are you in or are you out? Are you going to, to live this life? He was also able to save his town. What will you do in your city? Jesus said, if I be lifted up, then I would draw all men to me. We sit back and we talk so much trash. We talk about the president. We talk about the governor. We talk about the mayor, the commission, the, everybody that's trying to do something. We talking about them because they didn't do it right. But in you leveling up Christ, what is your impact on your city? Where you live, on your neighborhood, on your family, what's your impact? What, what do you, I'm leveling up Jesus, I'm leveling up in him. I'm leveling up my understanding and my knowing, my relationship. I'm leveling up that he is the way, the truth, and the life that I ought to be living. But where is your impact? Y'all, we have to level up because this is a wonderful, a wonderful life. But we have to be born again to get it. And for those of you who have said, yes, I'm living this life. I'm in this kingdom. But it sure don't look like I thought it would. I had to put my dreams away. I, I, I can't even go to work. I can't even make no money. I'm really out here just living this life, but I'm, I'm disappointed. I feel like a failure. My bills are backing up, but I'm out here. I'm out here in the kingdom. I'm out here living this life. There is some of us that are questioning the way that George Bailey did. God, can you hear me? Because I'm doing it. I'm living this life. I was able to, to sit with some leaders yesterday, and a few of them had some hard things that's going on in their life. But they were all so gracious as not to complain about what was going on because they understood that this is a wonderful life that I get to live. And so what makes it, what makes it so wonderful if it's hardship, if I don't have enough money to pay my bills, if I'm living for Christ, first of all is his truth. He told us to persevere through this. Secondly, he told us that I'm working all of this out. This is such a wonderful life because if you are in this kingdom, if you are in with God, he's working all of this out for your good. It may not look like, God, how you going to work me being broke out for my good? How you going to make these bills being backed up? How you going to make me being lonely and not doing what I really want to do with that man or with that woman? God, how are you going to work that out for my good? He said, I'm working it out for the good, and I'm going to bring you out. He also said that his mercy is in this good life. You don't get half of what you deserve there's some things that you should have got for the way that you messed up for what you said and for what you did but because of his mercy you did not get that this is a 
a wonderful life. Uh, who knows where you would be without his mercy? His grace saved you. He gave you what you didn't deserve. You didn't earn that. You didn't earn that job or that money or that position or these people. You didn't even earn that forgiveness. Uh, but because we're in him, uh, that this is a wonderful life because I get to operate uh, in the grace of God. Uh, I get the peace of Jesus in my life. Uh, that is a wonderful life. When everybody else is running around going crazy, for some reason I have a measure of peace. Uh, when we're in a fight or turmoil, for some reason there is a hope in me that said we're going to be all right. Uh, that hope is coming from Jesus. Uh, we have to level up this life. Uh, level up him. This is a wonderful life uh, that we get to live. Uh, I get to live in the will of Jesus. This is a wonderful life. Because he is willing me to do what I could not do. Oh, my God, how, where would I be if it would not be for him? What measure of life would I have? And I know y'all looking at some of the people like, oh, they living big, Pastor Sharonda, and they don't know. They don't know Christ. You don't know how they live it. All you can see is on the outside is that they have stuff. Oh, but when money can't buy a thing. What do you do when money can't buy it? What do you do when influence have nothing to do with it? Oh, this is a wonderful life when God said their money can't do it, but I can. Their influence can't do it, but I can. I can bring them out and I can bring you out because I've leveled up Jesus in my life. I don't know if you ever had a thing that your money couldn't fix it. It didn't matter how much. But he did it. I'm in the will of God. God, where are you taking me? And when I'm in the will of God, it means I'm in the mission of God. I'm on assignment. It's a wonderful life to live for something bigger than you. It's a wonderful life to come out of, it's not only about my four and no more that's in my house. I'm on a mission for God. And that makes me feel accomplished. It makes me feel like I really am living in the kingdom because it's not all about me. I'm leveling up, Jesus. I'm leveling up living in the way, the truth, and the life. And I love that it is a wonderful life because I am included. I'm included in his work. There are so many people, adults, it doesn't even matter how old they are, all the way from uh, uh, elementary school to our seniors that say, I don't feel included. Nobody included me. Nobody called my name. Nobody invited me. When I am in the kingdom, I'm invited. It doesn't matter if they say, what is she doing here? I'm invited here. And because I'm invited, the blessings of God are upon me. It doesn't matter what nobody says. I'm blessed. God has spoken well of me. This is a wonderful life. But we have to come all the way in, y'all. And the other thing that I love about this wonderful life is that he intervenes for me. He steps in for me. He comes to help me. He speaks for me. He goes before me. He's all around me. He fights for me. This is a wonderful life. Say what you say. This is a wonderful life. This is what God has called us to. And I wanted to read these quotes from George Bailey. And it says, this was somebody talking to George. He said, you see, George, 
you really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it away? And that's for all of us who are barely sitting on the edge of being with Jesus. Sometimes you ever, when you feel like doing something else, you're not. What if you threw it all away? What a mistake it would be for you to jump off of here into that lifestyle that you think you're missing. For you to jump off of here and say, you know what, I'm going to get a job. When God told you to be still, I'm going to get a man. I'm going to get a woman when God told you not right now. For all of our young adults, you decide, I'm going to live this lifestyle. And God's saying, don't do it. Don't go with them. Don't ride with them. Don't get that gun. Don't smoke that. Don't do that. He's telling you not to do all of that. What a mistake it would be if you deny what God is calling you to do. And then the other quote says, strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. And when he isn't around, he leaves an awful hole, doesn't he? We need you all to stand up in this kingdom, to lift up Jesus, level up Jesus. And we're going to go back into this song, but I want to pray for the George Baileys that are out here today. Because... Uh, Keep falling in love with Jesus. It really is the best thing that I've ever done. And I want you to hear him. But I want, it's my declaration. Even in a hard space. I can still say falling in love with Jesus. Is the best thing that I have ever done. He's greater than every issue. He's greater than any amount of money I could make, any level of comfort that I could have. Because in his arms, I'm protected. When I'm with him, I'm connected. I'm not out here by myself. But I can see some of you, and we believe in prayer. And because I fell in love with Jesus, I can connect my hope with your hope. I can believe for you when your belief is low, when you feel like I don't have any. As I say, level up, level up the way, the truth, and the life. Level up, Jesus. And you say, oh, but Pastor Sharonda, you don't know where I'm at. You don't know where I've been. But I believe for it. Because God said that he still, Jesus has, still has a plan for you. There's still a hope for you. And so I just want to pray today because I know that those times are real. I'm not denying that. But if we level them up, then we might feel a little bit better. If we level them up, we may be able to come out easier. And so for George Bailey, after they, he showed him his life, what it would be like without him. He said, I want my life. I want my life. I want my wife. I want my kids. He had even got mad at his wife and said, why do we have all these kids anyway? He came back and he said, I want my life. Somebody needs to tell Jesus, I want my life. 
I want my life better. I want my life whole. It's been hard. But I got a measure of hope because I'm going to level up Jesus. Y'all stand all over the place. Stand with me. Our praise team is her. And when I sing this song, and y'all, I'll I, I be really singing it at home too. I sing it to me. I tell myself, girl, falling in love with Jesus, that's the best thing that you have ever done. And then I'm walking through the house and I pass by my husband. I said, falling in love with Jesus. That's the best thing I ever done. And so I want to pray because I know that you're here. And, and, and don't let anything hold you out. I want to pray for you if you like. But I'm in a space. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling George Bailey on this afternoon. Come on up here to the altar. I'm just going to touch and agree with you. I'm just going to pray with you. I feel him. It's a tough space. I'm trying to live right. I'm trying to level you up. Jesus. But I feel George Bailey. I feel weary, man. I believe that is it. I'm going to hand this over to our senior pastor, Dr. Parson. I think that's it. I was trying to see if I could hear the Holy Spirit saying anything more but I don't hear anything Amen Tasha I've had my share of life's ups and downs but God's been good to me Kita and the downs have been few I guess you can say that God has blessed me. Andrew, there's never been a time in my life that he didn't see me through. So, Dr. O, if anyone should ever write my life story, for whatever reason, Victoria, there might be. You'll be there. Between each line of pain and glory. Because Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. He's the best thing. Mm. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened. Jesus is the best thing. That ever happened Jesus is the best thing That ever happened Jesus is the best thing That ever happened 
to me. Woo! Yeah, 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 yeah. My God. I know y'all think that's Gladys' name. But go to YouTube, look up James Cleveland. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. Y'all, it's a wonderful life. This is a good life. It's a really good life. It's a wonderful life in spite of. My little brother was 33. But in spite of, we've had, I've had my share of life's ups and downs. But Jesus is the best thing. That ever happened to me. Next Sunday, next Sunday is the big gig, the big blue gig. Don't forget to get your envelopes. I'll tell you how good he did it. He did it. I told y'all I didn't have a thousand dollars, didn't I? I got it now. I got it now. I just ask him for it. Never just assume you can't give. Ask him every time he gives it to me. And so um, we need 10 people to give that $1,000. We need five hundred. We need 20 people to give $500. And then we need 40 people that will give 250 But whatever you have to give, somebody got the whole thing. But we're, we need to make up, for some reason, uh, giving here just plummeted. Um, you all just stop giving. I, I, I don't know why, or begin giving less. Uh, and we got to keep these lights on. We got souls to save. I love one thing she said, and I, I heard Rick Warren say it like this, somebody's going to come up to you in heaven and say, I'm here because of you. How many people will say that? One, will anybody say that? But I just want to run I want over and over and over again. I want, I want every day, every other day, a couple of times a day to run up to somebody run up to me in heaven and say, I'm here. The only reason I'm here is because of you. And so I'm striving for that. It is a wonderful life. I thank God I was born. I didn't always feel that way. And one day I was so suicidal, I said, God, I'm too scared to kill myself. But what I will do is if you want the rest of my life, I said, I'm done. But if you want the rest of my life, you can have it. And I gave it to him. And he's still the best thing that ever happened to me. We're going home for real. So the big give on, on because we are doing ministry Somebody's going to be in heaven because New Antioch Christian Fellowship at Aliante came to this neighborhood. And so we have to keep the doors open. We have to keep ministry going. So the big give next Sunday, come with your blue envelopes. If you want an envelope, even if you don't put but $5 in it, if you say, I want to help this church with this mission, I'm giving to the kingdom. I'm just giving through the church. You don't give to the church. You give through the church. And God use it for the king. So raise your hand. They'll give you that envelope. And we're going to bring them to the altar, right? Pastor Toronto, we're going to bring them to the altar and present them to God. Some of you have already given us your envelope. But we're going to bring them. And if it's two fish and five loaves of bread, God's going to bless it. And these needs are going to be met. The only thing I want to share with you is our holiday schedule. Next Sunday, 
here at uh, here at Aliante and at our central campus, nine o'clock service and nine o'clock a.m. service in our other campus, and twelve thirty service is going to be our Christmas program. They've been practicing, they've been working, uh, and they've got a great presentation for us. It's called A Mime Christmas, A Silent Night. You're going to enjoy this program. So come on back, wear your Christmas sweaters, uh, and come on. Both campuses got together, uh, Kingdom Builders and Kids Count. And they are doing uh, the House of Antioch Presents Fact or Fiction, the Christmas edition. It'll be at Aliante this year. And so both campuses are coming here to Aliante. And the children, as you have heard them rehearsing, see, that's why we need offerings so that we don't have to have service at the same time and hear each other. But uh, we thank God our children are as important as we are. And so I told them if they need, they got to do what they have to do, like we do what we have to do, um, because a child save is a soul save. And so um, it'll be, please come out. If they were doing something ungodly, you'd be looking at it on TV and talking about their mamas. You always say you want to do something for the community. Here are some community kids that are doing something positive. I need you all, whether you have a kid in this program or not, come see these children. Egg them on. Push them. Let them know that there is a place in church that loves them. We are their village. And so I expect the village to be out here next Sunday night to smile and grin at these kids. When they mess up, you're going to clap you, all that stuff. And when they do good, you're going to give them a standing ovation. <laughs> so uh, that's the next Sunday night. Then on Christmas Day, there will be no service here Christmas Day. There will be one service for all three campuses at 9 a.m. at 610 Bellrose, our larger campus. So I don't want you to, if you want to stay home with your family, it's Christmas Day. Uh, but if you want to um, be somebody who says, God, of all the days, I'm not going to stay home. It's going to be your birthday. How can I celebrate your birthday? I'm at home celebrating your birthday while we having a party for you on the other side of town. I'm just saying. I, I just can't stay home on Christmas just because it's on Sunday. It's his day. It's his day. So we are going to have one service, though, just a 9 a.m. service uh, at the campus. And uh, everyone uh, will go to that campus at 9 a.m. So no church service here Christmas Day at 1230. We will let you, you know, enjoy the rest of the day with your family. Again, it's no pressure. Just those who want to be here. And I'm one of those who wants to be here. Then our our fast starts the last the last three days, 29, 30, 31, right? Uh, the last three days of the year, our fast start. The entire church is going on a three-day fast. We fast with nothing but water. If you can't do that, fast whatever way you can. Uh, those three days, there'll be prayer all day. There'll be word all day. Then we come back at 9.30 p.m. Christmas Eve. The party is always at New Antioch. 
and we party real good too every Christmas Eve from 9:30 until the New Year, and that will be at our large campus. Uh, but since New Year's falls, uh, since we have that on New Year's Eve, New Year's falls on uh, Sunday. We won't have the 9 o'clock service over there. Everyone will come here to Aliante at 1230 so y'all can sleep in after the party. We won't be drunk with wine, but I ain't going to promise we won't be drunk. It just won't be with that other stuff. Uh, and so we'll sleep in, and then everyone will be coming here New Year's Day, one service here. So I pray, I pray that that's clear. I pray that that's clear, and that's our holiday schedule. We should have... A handout for them uh, so you can see the holiday schedule. We are standing. Oh, yes. No, 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 no. I forgot. Y'all better have to get me in my face. <laughs> Especially when it's 2.30. Y'all know me. We have some members that are official today. They've gone through their growth track. And if you want a church home, you know this is where God is sending you. Please see us at that welcome table out there and say, I am ready to become a member of New Antioch Christian Fellowship. And we have our new members, uh, Shannon Perry. Welcome, welcome. Kalia Smith. Kalia here today. We have Sharon Harris. Amen. Oh, y'all better watch this woman of God. I'm so excited. Sharon Harris. That's Mike's wife, y'all. Touch Mike, touch him. <laughs> Crystal Jackson. Woman of God. I really, y'all, we have some absolutely amazing new members. Caprice Johnson. Come on, Miss Caprice. Official members of New Antioch at Aliante. And we have five more that aren't here today. Uh, we, I should have gave so I could at least read their names, but that's okay. Oh, yeah, let me, let me. We got to celebrate. It's a win. It's a win. We've been praying about growth. And we are growing. Our other new members are Shannara. What's that? Yeah, Shannara May, Verlene Townsend, Rodney Brown. Come on, men of God. Mal, uh, Malvia Brown. So thank God for our new members. Bless them. And thank God for the wisdom to be your pastor and bring out the best of you. And you're going to level right up. We're standing. Leadership team, you got a few minutes. And then let's get together expeditiously. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the worship this morning. And we thank you for the praise this morning. We thank you for the spirit of God and the flow this morning. We thank you for the word this morning. We thank you for new members this afternoon, God. We thank you for the new members. We thank you for the new converts. We thank you for the rededications. God, we thank you for being with us today. And now, God, send us out into this week 
for the just one. Let each one of us find just one. God, let them come to us. God, so that there won't be that that uh, that death that would have happened if it, we had not been born. God, use us for what we were born for. There will be people in heaven that are there because you used us, God, and we thank you in advance. Take us to our various homes. Bring us back at the appointed time. In Jesus' name, amen. Ministers in training tonight. Ministers in training, 6 p.m. at our central campus. All ministers in training. Licensed ministers, everybody. God bless you.